You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. He's Greg, I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by Athletic Greens, the all-in-one nutritional insurance for your body that has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Yes, I said over 7,000 five-star reviews. Also brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Greg, let's start with the uh, biggest story of the week uh, with the Patriots. And of course, I'm talking about Nikhil Harry and Harry getting traded to Chicago for a 2024 seventh round pick. Woof, what a return for Nikhil Harry. <laughs> uh, yes, you had the appropriate response to uh, the return on that trade. I mean, our, look, our long regional nightmare is over. Uh, you know, Nikhil Harry is finally gone. Of course, everybody was like, oh, I wanted him gone around the draft. Like, yeah, that, that happens when you actually have a market. Uh, when you have a marketable player who might be wanted by uh, other people. And obviously, looking at the return, it, it doesn't get much worse than a seventh-round pick two years out. I mean, that is literally used footballs in return. And for the Patriots to get that for a player they drafted in the first round, yes, it was the last pick in the first round, uh, is, is uh, certainly disturbing and disappointing um you know i don't know how you feel about it nick but you know to me uh this this Nikhil harry pick lack of development all that stuff it's even more disappointing when you put it into context that you know when he was drafted uh you know they were really looking for you know targets for tom brady and you know to really you know, boost the offense a bit and also, you know, keep Tom Brady happy. And, you know, it would have been great if, you know, Nikhil Harry was like Dion Branch, you know, 20 years later or something like that. And obviously that didn't happen. And, and again, he's one of those draft picks that when you look at where the Patriots are personnel wise and the amount of money they've had to expend at the position, I mean, look at, look at wide receiver. I mean, last year they had to sign Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. This year they had to trade for Devonte Parker. And that's what happens when you don't hit on, you know, top 40, top 60 draft picks like the Patriots went through for a while. And so, um, you know, disappointing uh, in many respects, but, you know, the, the one benefit is they pick up a million dollars in cap space by trading him instead of releasing him. So that's great, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, certainly uh, certainly a disappointing 
everything when it came to Nikhil Harry. He never truly settled in, right? It started with the injury at the very beginning. Brady did not necessarily trust him. Uh, So he had that just off rookie season and he just never really got settled. He never found a groove. He never found a rhythm. I don't think the Patriots necessarily used him correctly early on. Then he kind of just soured on the whole experience it felt and decided that he wasn't going to show up. He wasn't going to, you know, put his all into actually trying to be a Patriot, which did not help anything. So it it just, it went off the rails really early and, and neither side was able to put it back on the rails for whatever reason. Wasted pick, no doubt. And of course, people will look at other wide receivers drafted after Nikhil Harry in that draft. I will say, you know, heading into the draft that year, Harry was well thought of. You know, he he was not necessarily a guy that Belichick reached for. He he wasn't somebody who everybody kind of the draft pundits were like, wait a minute, what the hell just happened? Nikhil Harry in the first round. He wasn't that kind of guy. Um, he was actually well liked by a lot of people. It wasn't one of those picks that was heavily criticized or panned at the at the start, which just really shows us that you know a lot of us and a lot of pundits that try to do that kind of thing don't really have much of an idea as to what they're talking about sometimes. Uh, and and Harry just he never got it. He never got it on the field. It seemed like he never got it off the field. And uh, he gone. Nobody's surprised. Maybe I'm surprised that it, it took this long to ship him out. But we all kind of expected him to be gone and. And what does it tell you, Greg, that uh, the Raiders were not interested whatsoever? Even if it was a sixth round pick, Josh McDaniels, Ziegler wanted nothing to do with Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, it's not surprising, but I think that should tell you, like, you know, what they thought of him internally. I mean, when you're talking about Josh McDaniels, you're talking about a guy who had the keys of the Patriots offense and, you know, was in charge of, you know, usage for people. And, you know, he's trying to install a new system you know, his system in Vegas, and you would think, you know, getting more and more Patriots players, which, you know, they certainly have their no shortage of them. But, you know, it's not like the Raiders are like killing it at receiver uh, outside of Devontae Adams. Um, they could use if, if Nikhil Harry was viable, you would have thought that Ziegler and McDaniels would be on board. And I think that they they just wouldn't even entertain a seventh round pick two years out tells you they don't think Nikhil has a chance to do anything. Yeah, it could have been a fourth or fifth option for that team, right? I mean, you do have Adams. You've got Renfro, who was very good last year. I think McDaniels will get a lot out of Renfro out of the slot. And you've got Darren Waller, who is a really good tight end when he's healthy and out there. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at the rest of that depth chart, you could argue Nikhil could have been at least a fourth guy, maybe a fifth guy, but they wanted nothing to do with him. Of course, now we also look at the Patriots depth chart at wide receiver, Greg. I don't think it, this affects much of anything as far as your top four or five. Harry was not going to crack that. We knew it. He was he was as good as gone when the season was over. But uh, now you look at receiver. Do you think anybody else could be going? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, when we've had our discussions about the roster and 53, 56-man roster, you know, we looked at receiver. And even this is even before Nikhil Harry. We, I certainly have never had Nikhil Harry on the roster. For 2022, he's always been a trade release guy for me. We all knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of uh, when it was going to happen. And, you know, you just the the question is, do they still have too much? Are they still going to be in a position? Now, look, the guys that we talk about, they're all going to have value. So the longer you hold on to them into camp, they have some good film. Somebody gets an injury and they're like, oh, well, we need a veteran type receiver who we know is going to come in and be productive. 
you know, now the Patriots have something to work with. But when you look at it, you know, Devontae Parker's not going anywhere. Um, Jacoby Myers, he's a RFA. He's here for a year. But, you, you know, basically my depth chart is Parker, Aguilar, Bourne, Myers, and Tyquan Thornton. That's five that, as of today, have to be on the roster. And five is a lot at receiver. I mean, it's it's. I would say it's it's the the midway point. The Patriots average about four point six uh, receivers. That's on the normal good old fifty three man depth chart. As we've been over before, it's now more of a fifty six man depth chart. If you can find some people, some veterans who you can stash on in, uh, on on the practice squad for the first month of the season. There's now three spots there. So if you Assume they're going to keep the five. If you want to keep anybody else among Ty Montgomery, Trey Nixon, Christian Wilkerson, Malcolm Perry, little Jordan Humphrey, if you want to if you want to keep any of those guys, now you're talking about the practice squad dance. And, you know, I think that based on what we've seen so far, I think that Trey Nixon has a shot. I think that Ty Montgomery, due to his skills, has a shot to to stick. So if you're talking one or two guys now you're talking about like you don't have to because you had the practice squad, but you know I think the Patriots could be open to moving somebody, and I think you have to look at Aguilar as the prime sort of guy because Devontae Parker plays the boundary receiver. Yes, Aguilar can play inside. Yes, he did it well with the Raiders when he had his best season, but is that how the Patriots see him? Or do they want Bourne and Myers on the inside? Do they want to use the two tight ends more? You know, is there any room in the middle of the field for an Aguilar? Those are all questions that we don't have answers to, that I'm not even sure the Patriots have answers to. And we're just going to have to evaluate as it goes on during camp. But I don't think, I, I would doubt seriously that anybody's slated to be traded before camp. I think more you wait till later, right before cuts, somebody's trying to fill a veteran spot with injury, what have you, then the Patriots could have something of value. Yeah. I think Aguilar is the guy, you know, you mentioned him. I think he would be the one that was more likely to go. Uh, he would also free up some cap space, which, you know, isn't as important as it was going back two or three months ago. But the one good thing I would say is the Patriots are deeper receiver. So yes, you screwed up the Nikhil Harry pick. You wish you didn't. You wish he was a stud. You wouldn't have to go out there and spend the money that you spent and, and, and trade picks for Devontae Park and all that stuff. But they are in a good spot uh, at wide receiver. They have as much depth and talent there than they've had in, in a number of years. You and I have talked about it. I, I think Aguilar could be the odd man out if Trey Nixon pushes him. It, it's, you know, one of the one of the major storylines we're going to spend a lot of time on you and I, Greg, on this podcast, I'm sure during training camp time is, you know, what's Trey Nixon doing? Cause I, I think a lot of eyeballs are on him, you know, was the mandatory mini camp thing, just kind of a flash in the pan or does he follow that up when you put pads on and you get really going into this thing, you know, does he, does he continue to show those flashes? Does he continue to impress? And if he does, I think Aguilar could be out a uh, last thing on, on Harry. And, and when you look at the whole situation, where does he rank for you as far as worst draft picks by Belichick? Is is he one, two, three, four? I mean, I, I think we all agree he'd be in the top five. Yeah, I mean, considering the Brady aspect of this and where it was and 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 how they were going and how they've had to overcompensate um, because of a missed um, fifth, a first round draft pick, I think I would have to put Harry first. I mean, I really would. I mean, I just think there's just so. There's been so many offshoots him. I mean, other guys that I considered, uh, Dominic Easley, who was the yep. 
29th overall pick. Um, you know, yeah, that hurt, and he was a higher draft pick by a few spots. Uh, but that's a position where you can you can figure it out, and the Patriots did during that time. Um, they still played well. Uh, I, in my mind, Ross I. Dowling, who was 33rd overall, uh, yep. I forget which draft. Was that 2015? Uh, I'll sorry, I was just Keep looking. Going. I'll look it up. Um, but here's the thing, and I remember this distinctly uh, about that dra- 2011. I remember that was one of my first drafts back covering the Patriots. And, um, you know, so the Patriots had the 33rd overall pick. And, and you know, that was the first pick of the second day of the draft. Everybody had a chance to sleep on it, look at who's available. And I remember the Patriots did a video and they got a call on that pick, you know, to trade that pick. And Ernie Adams and Bill are putting it on the board and they ended up saying no. And so they turned down because I I remember that draft and I was like, well, there are a lot of good players on the board. They're going to have they're going to be able to trade down here and get a haul for this pick. And they but they said, nope, we're sticking with it. We have conviction on the player and glass eye like never played for the Patriots. And, (laughs) you know, that was a big loss. They had to go to like, you know, Brandon Browner, you know, he. It, it was that was a tough draft pick. I think that um, you know the the dueling cornerbacks Duke Dawson and Cyrus Jones both were. Dawson was a fifty six overall pick. Jones was sixtieth. You should be able to get a cornerback that plays right away, and those guys couldn't play. Never played in the league, and then I would have to put Juwan Williams there, who's still on the roster, forty fifth overall. Doesn't look like he has a role, has never had a role. To me, those are sort of like the top five worst Belichick picks. And you can see that, you know, most of them have been pretty recent and those hurt. They do. Yeah, you, you ticked off pretty much all of mine. I mean, off the top of my head, I was thinking as you were talking, Easley was the guy that, that first came into my mind because first round pick, complete bust, did nothing, got hurt, was hurt before he got here, continued to be hurt, was a complete zero. Uh, Razai Dowling, I agree because he was the 33rd pick that that first pick in the second round is always, always very valuable. And man, did you swing and miss on that? Joan Williams. Uh, yeah, enough of him. I think he's gone. So, I mean, I think you pretty much went down the list. We, we can go through, of course. I mean, when you're Belichick and you've been doing this for 20 plus years, you're going to have a lot of those, you know, yep. that's just kind of the nature of the beast, but those, those are the ones I think on a lot of people's lists. All right, before we uh, talk about the top 10 players that need to step up this season for this Patriots team to be something, Greg, let's welcome aboard our friends at Athletic Greens. Yeah, Nick, I got to tell you, and, and this, is a, this is a true story. This is no BS. So uh, I guess I don't want to name the player, but there's a former player, former Packers player that I follow on Twitter, and he put out on Twitter one day, he said, what's the nutritional supplement that uh, that you use now that you wish you would have used years ago? And I looked through the mentions because, you know, I'm always looking to help, help my health and all that stuff. And, and I got to tell you, this name kept coming up over and over again, Athletic Greens. And I had never heard of it at the time. And multiple people had said Athletic Greens. And so I started... Googling, I started looking, had all these great reviews, and so I ordered it. I mean, because, yeah, everybody knows I've lost a lot of weight, but, you know, I still have a lot of work to do in terms of my, you know, immune system, you know, vitamins, 
getting those into my system and and better just better overall health. I mean, I've certainly done a lot of work, but there's a long ways for me to go. So I ordered Athletic Greens out of nowhere. Everybody raved about it. I started taking it, and I got to tell you, it's my energy level is up. Uh, my I, I I haven't even come close to being sick since I've been taking it for the last like three weeks and I've been traveling a lot and like, I just feel better overall. I have more energy. I, I, pr- my body processes the foods that I eat much better. And I got to tell you, I, I, I think it all has to do with athletic greens. So what is this stuff? It's one delicious scoop of AG one. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamin, mir- vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day. Right. This blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. I mean, it's really like it hits everything, and you feel it. You feel it almost immediately when you start taking it. And I got to tell you, for me, it's important You know, with my diet that I've been on, while now I can eat a whole bunch of different things, Athletic Greens is lifestyle-friendly keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, all goes with it. And for me, big on, you know, my diet plan contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it still tastes really good. It doesn't taste like you're, you're, you're eating something healthy and consuming it. You know, so right now it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens, listen to this, Nick, is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five five free travel packs with your purchase. Wow. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard, B-E-D-A-R-D. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'm telling you, you guys know I did the deal with the diet. That has worked for me. This is the second phase for me. So join in. Go check that out. And people always, I know myself and Kelly do this all the time when we go traveling. We always check out reviews you know what's what's the what's the star review i won't stay at a hotel if it's like under like four stars at least you know Mm -hmm. i'm talking about the reviews not the four star hotels that cost a bajillion dollars but you know athletic greens over seven thousand five star reviews so bedard's behind it there's a lot of people that have gone online and given this a five star review it's tough to have you know seven thousand plus reviews and have them be five stars so check it out uh, athletic greens all right let's jump to the uh, top 10 players greg that need to step up for this season to be something uh, i did not have a ton of time to put my list together so let's run through your list i, I think most of my list looks like your list let's start yep. at the bottom okay let's start at number 10 uh the the 10th player or players which will make sense in a minute that need to step <laughs> up for this to be something greg yeah i have the pass backs so among james white pierre strong jj taylor I think that, and, and and to give people a little context, this is, if the Patriots are going to, you know, right now everybody thinks they're sort of middle of the road, not sure what to make of them, tough schedule, tough division, all that stuff. But if the Patriots are to surprise, if they're to go on a run, say like 2001, something sort of out of nowhere, 
this is sort of my 10 most important players that need to play well for that to happen. And I think the pass backs, you could boost them up the list. Uh, but I think that, look, James White got hurt last year. While they certainly got some stuff out of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden, look, it wasn't the same. And so, you know, Mac Jones doing what he did as a rookie and not really having that veteran wingman that even, you know, Tom Brady used, whether it was Kevin Falk or Shane Vereen or James White, like in the most important moments, Brady could rely on those guys. Mac Jones never had that guy. So somebody has to emerge and be that guy for Mac Jones. And I, so I think that's important. Number nine for me, uh, Adrian Phillips. Now, his name being on the list might surprise some people and not like, say, Kyle Duggar, who I think could stand to take a, a big step up this year. But to me, I think that Phillips is more of a guy. I think Duggar, we know, and I think the Patriots know what kind of guy he is. You know, he's going to cover a little bit. He's going to blitz a little bit. But I think that Phillips, in terms of how much they ask him to do, how he's going to have to read the quarterback, how hopefully they keep blockers off of him, uh, where you know the big guys up front are doing their job, so, so Phillips is f- more free to be a playmaker. I think if he makes more plays this year and is able to do what he's best at, I think he, he brings a, a bigger playmaking element to the Patriots' defense, and uh, that would be hugely important. I was surprised by Phillips on the list, honestly, because I think they're pretty good at safety. Uh, I look, I love Phillips. Uh, Phillips did not make my list. I replaced him with somebody, which I'll get to a little bit later. I agree with you about the third running back. Uh, They're eighth on my list in the top 10. Uh, Speaking of eighth, let's move to your eighth person on this list. Johnny Smith. I mean, look, we've been over it before. Everybody knows there's no secret to this. No fullback. That means a bigger role for Johnny. He's making twelve and a half million dollars a year. Uh, you know he he has to be product. He has to earn that money this year. And if he does that, that means things are going really well for this offense. Or Hunter Henry's hurt, but hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, if Johnu Smith has a big year, you know that's going to be huge for this offense. It gives them a chance to you know take a step forward. And number seven for me is Devonte Parker. Uh, And really what I'm looking at there is he just needs to stay on the field and be productive. And the biggest thing is this, this offense could go to um, another gear. If Parker's out there all the time, he's effective, especially in the red zone. And he's helping make this offense more horizontal to the point where the safeties have to spread out a little bit more. They're like, Oh, well the, the cornerback just can't, he's too powerful. Parker's too powerful. We can't handle him with one small cornerback, so we got to put a safety over there. All of a sudden, that opens things up for a lot more people. Yeah, I mean, if you get what you hope to get out of both of those guys you just mentioned, then the offense can be pretty damn good. I don't want to say really, really, but pretty damn good. I mean, when you when you think of John U. Smith as kind of the X factor within this offense and all the different things he might be able to do, you know, all the stuff we talked about last season, oh, he's going to be in the backfield every once in a while. And they're going to be able to do this and do that and two tight ends. And not much of that came to fruition. If it comes to fruition this year, man, is he a weapon? And Parker just gives this football team a different element than they've had in the passing game in, in quite some time. Again, that big boundary guy who can make contested catches. This is the person they wanted Nikhil Harry to be. Like When they drafted Harry, they thought he might be that dude. Contested catches, red zone, bigger guy, bigger threat. So if if Parker can can fill that role, then they really have every single 
piece of the puzzle outside of, you know, maybe you'd say a, a quick footed slot receiver of like the Wes Welker days kind of mold, but, but they really do have everything else you want in this receiving core. All right, let's move to uh, number six on your list, Greg. Yeah, I have Devon Godchow, and you can make the argument that he should be further up the list, and I probably wouldn't argue with you, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, again, another guy, who it's not a secret. The Patriots have to defend the run better. Um, it has to – they have to get opponents into longer yardage, which should be able to get, let them get into their sub package, which they're, where they do have some personnel advantages – against offenses and that should get them off the field and get the offense more possessions which was a problem at times last year that the offense was not getting that was being productive but not getting the ball enough because the Patriots could not stop the run and get off the field so you know Godshaw's the linchpin of that they didn't make any further investment at nose tackle didn't even draft anybody you know it's basically all on him on there and you know he was he was okay his first year but he needs to be very good for this defense and and you know that leads me into and it's related number five I have Raekwon McMillan and Mac Wilson uh depending on you know who emerges right now it looks like it's going to be McMillan but we know Bentley's going to be one of the linebackers uh he knows the system they feel comfortable with him uh you know now they need he needs an athletic running mate and and that would help Bentley a lot that's also going to depend on the guys up front but I think you know, especially after Dante Hightower, after Jamie Collins, after Kyle Van Noy, you know, they basically jettison those those veterans to get more athletic. And somebody is going to have to show up in that regard. I mean, Cameron Grone could do it. He's a bit of a dark horse there. But I think those two guys, McMillan and Wilson, are uh, the best candidates to sort of make an impact on the second level. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of what you just said, I, I had Gotchow, I had McMillan slash Wilson on my list as well. I just moved each each of them up a spot. I've got Gotchow at five. I've got McMillan Wilson at four. That second linebacker is going to mean a lot. Can can the person actually be able to cover running backs out of the backfield? Can they maybe take some tight ends at times? Can they handle the run game? Can they go sideline to sideline like this team desperately needs, as we've seen against the Bills? And Godchow, you hit every every mark on that. You know, he, he's just got to be better. I mean, he's got to be the guy they thought they were bringing in. He's got to hit this year. They, they didn't address it, so they feel confident that he's going to be able to do that. Will he? We'll have to wait and see. All right, number four on your list, Greg. Yeah, I have Jalen Mills. And some people might say, well, you know, what about Malcolm Butler? What about the quote-unquote number one cornerback? Why are you talking about the number two cornerback? Well, I think the Patriots will be fine at slot if Jonathan Jonathan Jones should be back healthy. He's one of the better slot cornerbacks in the league. I think when you talk about number one cornerback, you know, if you don't have a stud, you're going to have to help them anyways. And so it looks with with the safety. So it looks like the Patriots are going in that direction, and they certainly have enough safeties uh, to get involved. So I think they'll figure that out. I mean, will it be lockdown? Will it be J.C. Jackson-esque? I I don't know. I doubt it, but I think they can – they could figure it out, but only if Jalen Mills at number two is really solid and they don't have to worry about him and don't have to give him a ton of help. Um, you know, I thought that he did that at times last year. I think he's going to need to be even better in year two. I think he, he stands a chance, but I think, you know, if you get Jonathan Jones and, and Jalen Mills to give you really good play, then you can figure out the other cornerback spot. So that's why to me, I know I have no, no doubts about Jones. It's Mills who's really going to have to do the job. 
I've got both outside corners on my list. I've got outside yeah. cornerback number two slash one, whatever the hell you want to call it at seven. And I've got Mills at three on my list. I've got him bumped up one spot than you do. And look, I mean, if, if Mills, you, everybody that listens to this podcast by now knows that I'm not the biggest fan of Mills. He's okay. Not a big fan of him. Uh, afraid of him on the outside, afraid of him blowing some plays, giving up big plays, committing some penalties. If Mills is not good, you don't know what you have in the other corner right now. Terrence Mitchell, Malcolm Butler, Jack Jones. We have no clue what's going to happen. I, I mean, if Mills is bad, this, this cornerback position could implode quickly. And the Patriots can't afford that in 2022 with passing games at an all-time high. So Jalen Mills is third on my list. Uh, outside cornerback two is seventh on my list. We've got the same top two. So let's just hit them starting at two, Greg. Uh, did you? Uh, I just want to mention Uche real quick. That he was at number three for me, and just oh yeah, sorry, Uche, my bad. No, it's okay. Yeah, I just thought I, I just put. Look, we know Dietrich Wise slash Henry Anderson is going to be the starter against in base opposite Matthew Judon. That's what we think is going to happen. You know, but it's really going to come down to sub, and you, you know the the effectiveness of the Patriots sub package on defense if they can get there, if the run defense works, is going to be hugely important, and so. You know, you look at Dietrich Wise um, kicking inside on third downs. Somebody's going to have to come in and be dangerous. And we've heard Steve and Bill Belichick both talk about Uche being a big puzzle piece. Well, you know, he's he's going to have to deliver. He's going to have to be dangerous and athletic on the outside opposite Judon so he doesn't get double teamed all the time and chipped. If, if Uche can do that, then I think the Patriots have a chance to be pretty good on defense. And that leads us into the top two. We both have the same. Number two for me is Trent Brown. Uh, yep. It looks like they're going to put him at left tackle. That's the way they worked all offseason. Uh, win at right tackle. You know, that's great. Uh, you look back to what Trent Brown was at left tackle his first time with the Patriots. He was a very good left tackle. If they get that type of play, if he is on the field all the time, and you put Cole Strange between a very good Trent Brown and David Andrews, that helps the rookie. You feel good about the left side. It's never going to be perfect, but you feel good about it. However, if the Trent Brown we get this year is the Trent Brown we got last year, in and out of the lineup, in and out of, you know, I don't know how much he wanted to be there at times. If they get that at left tackle, it could be a freaking disaster. Trent Brown, yep. they need Trent Brown to be out there all the time and playing really good football. And if they have a, if they have a chance to do that, they get that, then I think they can be very good. And that leads to number one, you know, Mac Jones. I mean, he, they're putting a lot on him with the coaching, all that stuff, what's going on with the offensive line, um, provided everything else is good and all the things previously on the list go well, then you need to cap it off with the quarterback. And, and you know, the Patriots probably aren't going to blow out a lot of teams. It's going to be a lot of close games. That means he's going to have to execute uh, without Josh McDaniels in the biggest moments. And if Mac Jones can do that and sort of be, you know, Tom, Tom Brady in the early days and really manage everything and be a great game manager, come through in the clutch at times, then, yeah, then we're talking about a 2001 redo. I had Uche, by the way, at six on my list, and I pretty much agree everything with everything that you said about Brown and, and Mac Jones being two and one. 
the only thing that I had, the only person I had on my list that was uh, different than you, uh, I actually had Cole Strange in there. I think, you know, mm-hmm. because of where he was drafted, uh, the fact of that left side on the offensive line to go along with Trent Brown, Strange has got to be good. He doesn't have to be great, but he's got to be good because if he falls apart and Trent Brown is mediocre, now the entire blind side of your offensive line with your young quarterback is the drizzling shits. So you, you certainly don't want that to happen. So I've got Cole Strange in there. I took out Devontae Parker. I think they'll be fine at wide receiver, even if Parker mm-hmm. doesn't hit. So I replaced Parker with Strange. All right, uh, before we continue, because we have more for you, uh, tell the good people out there, Greg, about betonline.ag. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including uh, MLB bets, futures for the NBA, NFL, hockey. Now that hockey's got their hot stove going on right now, a lot of a lot of lines are moving. Patriots made a deal for some schlub from New Jersey, Straka or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and you know who knows about their uh, you know old fogey team that they're putting together. I thought I think. Uh, I was surprised that Bobby Orr, somebody should check in and see how his knees are because that's the way they're going. Anyways, <laughs> Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoff, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, so uh, I know you took a little bit of a shot at this guy, but yeah, uh, just a little cattle's corner for a minute or two. Uh, Pavel Zaka traded to the Bruins for Eric Halla. Uh, he was a sixth pick in the 2015 draft. You hate to bring up that draft for Bruins fans because we all remember what happened there. Uh, but they they brought a guy in that was a top six pick in the 2015 draft. They got one. They traded Halla for him. Uh, you know, it's a sell high on Halla kind of move. It, it looks Hala. like. Hala, it looks like Krejci's coming back, and, and this move would make Ugh. you believe that because Zaka is, you know, he's a center. He can play some wing. Uh, he's young, though. He's young. He's got potential. Uh, you look at that, you know, situation with the Devils. Was it because where he was playing? So I, I actually like the move. I, I think it makes sense. I, I don't think Hala has any higher of a ceiling than we saw this past season. So you bring in a guy who was highly touted coming out, somebody who had his best season last year. I think he had like 36 points, I believe last season. So he did have his best season in the NHL last year. Uh, he's 24, 25 years old. So uh, I don't mind it. Uh, I wanted to ask you though, Greg, it, there, there's some mixed reporting about Bergeron right now. Yesterday mm-hmm. uh, we had a French report saying that Bergeron was coming back on a one-year deal today. Oui, we oui. had another French reporter saying that uh, Bergeron spoke to him and said he has not decided yet what he wants to do. But let's say that Bergie comes back, right? And and you have Bergie coming back. You have DeBrusque rescinding his trade request. And it looks like you're having Krejci come back. And reportedly, a lot of this has to do with Bruce Cassidy. Do you feel any differently about the decision to let Cassidy walk and replace him with Montgomery now that you see some of these players saying, yeah, I just didn't want to play for that guy anymore? Uh it's it, that's a tough question, Nick. Um, uh, I think the world of Bruce Cassidy. Um, you know, he's the outwardly. I think he's he's a guy that I would love to play for. Um, the type of coach I would like to be. You know, tell it like it is. Be straight. 
uh, with your guys. I, I, look, this is where I am with the Bruins. Um, I know there's a lot of Bruins fans that are excited. You know, Bergeron's coming back, Krejci's coming back, whatever. I'm just, I'm hugely disappointed in the franchise overall. I mean, I, I just, I think they're just treading water. They're putting off the inevitable just to make the playoffs and, and you know, not totally go in the tank. If I'm, if I'm the Bruins, I'm selling as many pieces as possible. I'm sucking for Connor Bedard because, um, great last name, great hockey player. Um, I'm doing all that stuff, and I'm just go. I'm rebuilding, you know, and I'm keeping, you know, even if that means trading Pasternak, you know, I'm building around McAvoy and Swayman and things like that. But like, this is just if anybody watched the NHL playoffs and Family Bedard, we watched almost the entire thing. And my my son's a huge Kale McCarr fan. If you think the Bruins with what they're bringing back, let alone if these guys even remain healthy, which all of them have had health issues previously even before they're a year older, even if they're perfectly healthy, the Bruins do not play the same brand of hockey as the Avalanche, the Oilers, the Rangers, the Lightning. Like, they can't compete. So I I just don't understand the point. They are just trying to tread water, make the playoffs. I feel like I'm back in my my childhood days with Harry Sinden running things where they're not going anyplace. It's just – and changing coaches every other year is just dumb in my opinion. If they, if they at least, <clears throat> there goes my voice. Apparently, uh, if they at least try to um, thread that needle, which is a very difficult needle to thread, which is to not only uh, you know rebuild on the some, fly, yeah, re, 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 keep some of the older guys like a like a Bergie. I'm fine with Bergie hanging around just because he's still damn good and, and because he's such a great yep. leader. While they make some other moves, like you know maybe you think about trading Marshy when he comes back and yep. if he looks healthy. Um, if they try to do it that way, then it makes more sense. If this is, Hey, we're going to try to just come back and, and bring back the band. Uh, it, that doesn't make much sense. That's why I actually like this move today because you are getting younger and it's a position of need bringing in Zaka. You're taking a flyer. Now, the one thing about Zaka is uh, I believe he's a restricted free agent. So they got to figure out the contract with him. That that's, that's going to be one of those, uh, you know, gambles. It, it is a gamble move, but because it was Hala, I'm fine with it. I do feel to to answer the question I asked you, I I do feel slightly different about Cassidy being let go. If Bergeron comes back, especially because I I just have so much damn respect for Bergie and he does everything way. And he's a guy in that dressing room, Greg, that would be like, no, this isn't right. This, this guy's not right. If Bergie tells me Cassidy's not right for the team, and if that comes out that, you know, that was one of the major reasons why he was thinking of leaving, if Bergie comes back and feels more comfortable without Cassidy there, out of my respect for Bergie, I would, I would say, okay, maybe it was the right move getting rid of him. Because if, if Patrice Bergeron is tired of your ish, then that means a lot of dudes in that dressing room are tired of your ish. So the Bergey sure. thing is to me the DeBrusque thing, not as much because DeBrusque is younger and all that jazz, but Bergeron's the one. All right, let's jump to the uh, BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Check them out, BSJ thirty nine ninety nine on their annual plan. Uh, not only do you get top notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports, uh, but if you're a Pat's junkie, which you are, uh, you get a ton of video analysis. Bedard does in the coaches' film, direct access to him in weekly chats. Uh, let's see, Pat North Attleboro, uh, his question. I would sneak Barmore in here somewhere as well. Talking about your top 10 list, Greg uh, need 
him to make the leap like Mac, but on the defensive side, your thoughts. Yeah, I just, I disagree with that. I mean, you know, look, I think um, Barmore had a tremendous rookie campaign. And, Tremendously um, tremendous, as Eddie O would say. <laughs> I just think that if the Patriots get that level of play from him, uh, again, they'll be fine. I don't think he needs to go up a level. And I don't think, I don't even know if he's that type of player. And I don't think they need him to become, say, a three-down player. I don't, I, I, not the way they're constituted if, Devon Godshaw plays well if Lawrence Guy isn't on the downside, you know, what have you. I just think if Barmore can be a really effective pass rusher like he was last year, then I think the Patriots will be fine. So I just don't think Barmore needs to go up a level. He he exceeded expectations last year. If he can match those this year, and it's always tough for a rookie who has success year one to match it in year two. So it's something to watch. But if they get that again from him, I think they're just fine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think Barmore, like, uh, I don't know. If you expect him to, to make a leap, then how good is he? Well, he that would be like Aaron Donald. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he was really good last year. If he makes a leap, then he's like top three defensive lineman in the NFL, which, hey, I wouldn't be arguing about it. Mm-hmm. He's going to make that kind of a leap and be a top three guy. I'm all for it. Go Christian Barmore. Go, go Barmore. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're, you know, I agree with you. But Barmore, uh, you would like to see him improve, but to make the leap might be a little too much to ask from him. Uh, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, Nick Cattles, brought to you by our new friends, Athletic Greens. Greg told you all about them, the all in one nutritional insurance for your body that has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Also, thanks to uh, betonline.ag, fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. He's Greg. I'm Nick. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. We'll catch you next week.